Well, Merry Christmas, Refuge Church. That's right, Merry Christmas. It is the first Sunday of Advent, so I'm allowed to say that, and uh, we don't make a big deal about Advent at, at our church, but um, I'm, I'm talking about something today in our, in our, in our sermon where um, it, it goes right in line with the first Sunday of Advent, which is the anticipation. So Advent simply means anticipate, to anticipate the arrival of King Jesus, and uh, we are... Uh, so excited to be able to celebrate. And, um, you know, uh, in the spirit of Christmas, I wanted you to be the first person that I said Merry Christmas to. And that was the nine o'clock. So, you know, the early bird gets the worm. They got to be the first people that I said Merry Christmas to. But you get to be the second people that I say Merry Christmas to. And um, I've, I hadn't said that yet. Uh, we're still in November, so I try not to say it. Uh, but uh, it is, listen, Christmas season is just around the corner. And we anticipate uh, just getting ready for the coming of our King. And I believe that the time that we're living in now, Christmas should, should feel a little bit different. Because we're not just anticipate the coming of baby Jesus, we're anticipating the coming of King Jesus that will be in the second coming. And he's coming for his church. And, uh, you know, it, it, I, I said in the first service, if you don't like the person sitting next to you, you better get used to them. Because you're going to spend forever with them if they know Jesus. And if you know Jesus. And so um, we've, we've te- we teach in this house that... It's the community of God that's the inheritance, not the possessions. And so it doesn't matter. You know, you can accumulate all the wealth you want to in the world, but um, that's going to stay here. You're going to take with you people. That's the only thing you can take to heaven with you. And so, um, so that's, that's kind of what we teach. And, um, and so in the spirit of Christmas, I don't want, just want to say Merry Christmas, but I also want you to be the first people that I give a gift to. And so um, we've partnered with ARC, and through ARC, we have purchased a one-year subscription to Right Now Media, and uh, we want to share it with all of you. And so um, you, I have a meeting with Right Now Media this week, and I'll find out some, some more details as far as um, what's going to happen for you to get that subscription. However, if we have your email address, which... Um, people that have completed um, our My Refuge, uh, the fourth step, people that have joined the Dream Team, we have all those emails. I sent those emails to Right Now Media. We never solicit your emails, but when we do, we give you free gifts. So, uh, right now, it is, so Right Now Media is, um, is just like, uh, I've heard many people call it Christian Netflix. And, and what I realize is it's a lot more like Netflix than, um, than we realize because, um, I mean, not all of us are paying for our Netflix. So um, the church is paying for Right Now Media, and you get Right Now Media because the church is paying for it, just like I get Netflix because my in-laws are paying for it. So <laughs> don't tell anybody that. Uh, um, <laughs> so um, we're officially in the holiday season, and, um, and, and by the way, if you're new here, my name's Adam Harold, and my, my wife, Tanya, and I have the privilege of leading this church called The Refuge, and we do it um, as a team. Uh, she is my partner in crime, and uh, I, I absolutely love, she's my ride or die. However you want to say it, she's, she's mine, and, uh, and, and that means I'm hers. <laughs> Sorry, honey. <laughs> Um, but it's, it's, a, it's a joy that we get to lead this church called The Refuge together. And um, we absolutely love, love, love what God is doing. As a part of the holiday season and in the spirit of, I want to also say, um, you know, Jesus teaches us that um, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. That's what he said. And... Um, we realize that as we get into the holiday season, just the mention of Christmas this morning might cause some stress and anxiety for some of you. And we want you to know that Jesus' yoke is easy and his burden is light, and we want to teach you that. We believe that God 
does things in our lives to teach us and to show us that he loves us and he cares about us. And I can't even wrap my mind over his love for me. And if I can help show you his love, that's what we want to do. And praise God, he's given us people in our church that have come to me and said, Pastor, if we have anyone in our church, please let us know. People that don't have enough for Christmas, people that don't have something to give their kids, or they don't, you know, and, and, and I was thinking this week about how I, like, we're starting to get the Christmas wish list, right? I don't know. Uh, some of you guys got the Christmas wish list six months ago, but my kids were like, all right, so we need, a, we need to know what you want for Christmas. And as, as, we've, as I've started to ask that question this year, where I'm at in my walk is I ask them for what they want for Christmas, and I'm like, man, I want to do everything I can to get them what they want for Christmas because I want to give my kids good gifts. And I started thinking about my desire to see my kids have a great Christmas. And where I'm at, again, is, is, is I'm always looking at God's character versus my character and making sure that as a follower of Jesus, my character adds up to his. And the thing that God reminded me of in his word was that God has created all of us in the image of God. And because he's created us in the image of God, he gives us a desire to give our kids good gifts. Because God's desire is to always give his kids the best gifts. And he gives spiritual gifts to us. Gifts that we can use to reach this world for Jesus. And so I, everything that happens in life, every, I, I always do my best to look at God's word. I don't always do a great job at it. But I always try my best to, to look at it in God's word, to look, look for it in it, and to apply it to my life. And just know this season, as you get, want to give your kids good gifts, God is the exact same way. And it's okay to want to give your kids good gifts. And if there's anyone here that doesn't feel like you can give your kids a good Christmas, please reach out. Let us know. We have people in this house that want to help. And um, all names re- remain anonymous. Um, that's for the, get, for the, for the families that, um, that are in need, but also for the families that give. Unless you want the attention for giving, which is fine. Um, you will we'll tell people that this is because of, of, of you, but we don't do it for, for, the church doesn't do it for the attention. We don't need the credit. We just want to make sure that people are taken care of. And so um, you can email us, hello at refugemain.church if, if you're struggling or if you know someone that is. And uh, we would love, love, love to be a blessing to you this Christmas. I've got families I think there's three or four families that have reached out to me and said, Pastor, if there's anybody, please let us know. So I love, like, I just absolutely love that about this church. We always say that when you give to the refuge, you give through the refuge. And fact of the matter is, is even if people hadn't come to us and said, we want to give to this specific need, we would have the ability and the means to be able to provide for, for families because all of you have been generous to the church. And when you are generous to the refuge, you give through the refuge. And it's one of my, like, it, I, I love being a pastor that's able to do stuff for other people. Like, one of my favorite things is to take someone out to, like, my wife and I had this conversation once. When we were, we were out on a fancy, like, anniversary date. Like, there's fancy dates, and then there's fancy anniversary dates. This was an anniversary date. And one of the things that we were talking about, because someone had given us a, an amazing gift card to an incredible restaurant in Portland somewhere that was way too much more money than what we would have ever spent on a meal. And, and we sit there, and we ate it, and, and we had this conversation. If you have $500 to go shopping or $500 to take people out to a, very, to a fancy meal like this, which one are you doing? I'm not going to tell you which one she did, but I would take people out for dinner. 
because I just love to, to be with people. To, I'm, I'm an extrovert by nature, um, but I'm also, I, I always say I'm an introverted extrovert. And uh, by nature, I can walk in a room and know the entire room. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going home. I'm going to be alone. So uh, just so you know, after this, I'm going home. I'm being alone. Today, uh, we're in a series called Grace is a River. It's the final, final message, the final installment of this series we're calling Grace is a River. And um, in week one, we talked about how um, we can step into the river of grace because grace is just like a river. And, and um, if you missed that message um, in the parallels about rivers and grace, you can go to our, our website refugemain.church slash messages, and you can follow along. Uh, you can, you can uh, listen to that message. Um, it's not in video form. It's in audio form. You can listen to it there. Um, and uh, eventually we'll have video form, but we can't do it. We don't have the equipment to do it really well yet, and so we don't do any video. We do all audio, and it's, it's, it's still worth it. So um, week two, we talked about um, immersing ourselves so that we can immerse our kids in the river of grace, and we dedicated 28 kids to Jesus and saying that parents made the pledge to, to God, the, the, the covenant with God, that I'm going to do everything I can to teach my kids who they are in Christ. Week three, we talked about um, whitewater grace, and I talked about how you don't navigate whitewater grace with a boat or with a whitewater raft, I had to say it slow, White water raft. You don't navigate it like that. You navigate it with a firm foundation, standing firm on God's word. There will come times in life where we experience white water grace, meaning it's grace that isn't easy. It's not always easy to forgive. That's why we have to go to God's word that teaches us how to forgive. And that's the firm foundation, not the boat. And so um, today we're wrapping this series up with the final installment of talking about finding healing in the river of grace. Finding healing in the river of grace. Our theme passage has been John chapter 7, verse 37 and 38. I want to read it for you. If you want to follow along with today's notes, you can do so in the YouVersion Bible app. I believe that every Christian, every follower of Jesus should have this app on their phone. Maybe you have a different app on your phone. A, a different Bible app on your phone. That's, that's great. But the YouVersion app is so profound. Like there are videos that go along with the verse of the day. There are plans that you can read for devotions. Like there's no need to buy any devotion books anymore. Um, it's all available on the YouVersion Bible app. And I absolutely am in love with this app. It's my favorite app on my phone. John chapter 7, verse 37 through 38. You can, so you can follow along on there in the YouVersion app. It's, it's incredible. Verse 37 says, On the last day, the climax of the festival. Now this festival is known as the Feast of Tabernacles. It's when Jews celebrate the dedication of King Solomon's temple. And so the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Listen, Refuge Church, I want us to be a church that are individuals with buckets of living water. Buckets of living water, taking it and showing it and giving it to others, allowing them to consume living water because they know us. People of buckets of living water. Have you ever, have you ever tasted something so good that you had to go and tell your friends that you tasted it? I just ate Fill in the blank. Maybe it's Wagyu beef. I don't know. The whole world loves Wagyu beef right now, right? But in 2000, I think, 2000, 2001, sometime, it was a little bit before 9-11 um, because I don't remember having to go through TSA and all that stuff to, to, um, to get to my airplane. But we were, I, was, I was 20, 21 years old, 
and I went on a missions trip to Nairobi, Kenya. Um, we went to Lusaka, Zambia for a little while, and then we also went to Nairobi. It was two weeks. It was, it was an incredible time. While we were in Nairobi, we went to this coffee shop called the Java House. Anybody ever been to the Java House in Nairobi, Kenya? Anybody? Like, like seriously, there's, there could be people in the world, like, because this is a, it's, it's pretty famous. And I want to tell you, I had the best co- cup of coffee that I have ever had in my life. And it was so good. I went and I told people about it. I'm like, there's this, like, every time I'd, be, I'd have coffee with someone, I'd be like, I had this coffee this one time. Like, we were always comparing it to the, to the Java house, right? And so, like, a few years later, after I had this, like, um, the, the pastor at the church that I, I, I was, the, it was my first job as a youth pastor. His son got married, like, years later. And um, the guy that came in after me, so I had moved on from this job. The guy that came in after me was actually from Nairobi, Kenya. And we're at Ben's wedding, and at Ben's wedding, I taste the coffee. It was, a, it was a New Year's Eve party, like New Year's Eve wedding, which I'd never been to. And that's the only reason why I was drinking coffee at this wedding, because it was, it was late. And so I'm drinking the coffee, and I go, I've had this coffee before. Is this from Nairobi? And they're like, yeah. Um, I forget the guy's name, but um, he, he got it, and he brought it here for the wedding. And I was like, you have got to be kidding. It, it was just like the Java House coffee, and now I always look for it. I'm looking for it to find for our, our, um, <laughs> for our cafe. Uh, in between services, some of the girls that are helping us with the cafe are like, so I'm looking for this Java House coffee, and so uh, maybe someday we'll, we'll serve it at the refuge. It'd be absolutely dream come true, and that's how you get derailed from a sermon, right like that. <laughs> you start talking about really tasting, really good tasting food, but I have a really good point. The point is I went and I wanted to tell other people about it so much. I wanted to share it with other people. I want to share it with you. We have water that is the best tasting, fulfilling water that you can ever have. The Bible calls it living water. It's alive. And when you taste it and you experience it, you want to tell your friends, you got to try this. That's our goal. Mature believers in Jesus tell others about Jesus. A sign of health, a good sign of health, physically, spiritually, whatever, is always reproduction. We want to be a a church filled with disciples who make disciples, telling people about Jesus and not just telling them about them, but allowing them to experience the living water in us and through us so that they just want to taste the drink of it. And that brings me to today's big idea. If I had one thing I wanted to communicate to you today, it would be this. There is coming a day when the river of grace and the tree of life will give health to all things. There is coming a day when the river of grace and the tree of life will give health to all things. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 22. Revelation chapter 22, we're going to look at the final page of the Bible. So if, you, if you've got your paper Bibles and you don't know how to, you can't find it, just flip to the very last page. Can I just tell you, sometimes I like to read the last page of the book, right? We're going to cheat a little bit today. We're going to read the last page of the book. You don't have to read it. You don't have to have been reading the Bible with us. We're going to read the last page of the book. And let me tell you, it is beautiful. Before we read it, let me... Go to God and and ask him to speak to us today. Can I do that? Can I pray and ask God to speak through his word? Father in heaven, oh, your word is so good. God, I pray that as I communicate it today, 
that I would communicate it in a way that would show people what it really means. Lord, the, the, the real truth of it. God, that it would be alive and active and quicker than any two-edged sword, piercing our soul and spirit. Father, that it would come to life and it would speak to our hearts in ways that some of us have never even experienced. Father, speak to my heart from your word as I communicate it today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Look at the first two verses of Revelation 22. It says this, Then the angel showed me a river with water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of Main Street. On each side, the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. I want to remind you of our big idea today. There's coming a day when the river of grace and the tree of life will team up to give health to all things. This is another week in my scripture study that I have to admit I didn't see coming. I, I, I didn't see it coming. Like, like, there are times that I read God's word, I know what it says. And, and there are other times I read God's word and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, I didn't see that coming. Can I, just, can I just give you permission to read God's word like you didn't see something coming? Like, stop, take, stop taking the words of man that you've heard about this scripture before and applying it to what you're reading and allow God's voice to be the only thing that speaks to you. That's why I pray every time we read God's word in a, in a way that I want it to speak to me, I ask God to speak through his word, that it would be the loudest voice, not my voice. I don't want you to sit down to read God's word tomorrow and to have Adam Harold's voice in your head. Get my voice out of your head. It's not that good. Sometimes it is. But when it's good, it's because it's from Jesus, not Adam. Stop formulating what you think about a scripture based on a pastor's message. Allow God, allow God to speak to you. Now, let's look at the scripture. In the book of Revelation, if you remember our last series that we did, we did a series that we called Stories of Refuge. It was beautiful. We told stories um, of people. We had three stories of people that, that told their story. And, and we read the scripture in Revelation chapter 12 that says... Um, we overcome the enemy, we overcome the dragon by the, word of, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Do you remember Revelation chapter 12? So uh, the book of Revelation, if you remember, was, is written by a guy by the name of John. Now this is John that was a disciple of Jesus. This isn't John the Baptist, the crazy man in the, in the woods that came proclaiming that the Messiah was here. This was John the revelator, that God revealed to him what heaven would look like. And so what John is writing about is he's writing about what heaven looks like. In the last two chapters of Revelation, also the last two chapters of the entire Bible, um, it's probably the two most beautiful chapter chapters of any book ever written. It is so beautiful. John is writing about what's called the New Jerusalem. When, when the old earth is destroyed and the new earth is here. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Like maybe the Apostle Paul that says that when we receive Jesus, that, we be, that the old me is gone and behold, all things become new. I want you to know that God is doing with the earth the exact same thing that he wants to do with us. Someday he will make the earth completely new because that's what God does. He makes dead things alive. 
and he makes old things brand new. Man, I'm ready for that. Not because of all of the, the surrounding cultural events that's happening, although that helps quite a bit. I look at the times and I always say things aren't falling apart. They're falling into place exactly the way God needs them to be so that Jesus can come back. We believe Jesus is coming back very, very soon, not to scare anybody, but to give you a peace about what's going on in the world. And so um, as, we, as we read Revelation 21 and 22, every time I read Revelation 21 and 22, I always think about my Bible reading plan that I do during the year. Because I always get to the, these two chapters on New Year's Eve. And, and I read two of the most beautiful pages in all of any book ever written. And, and I read it on New Year's Eve. And then the very next day on New Year's Day, I go back to the very beginning. And you know what it sounds like? It sounds like I read it, read it the day before. Because the Bible is a full circle book. It ends the exact same way that it began And where does it begin? It begins in this place that the Bible calls paradise. This place called the Garden of Eden. And now I don't know about you, but when I look around me, I don't see paradise. I see the furthest thing from paradise. But there is coming a day where paradise will return. And when I read the last two pages and then I go back and I read the first two pages, what it reminds me is that God is going to bring paradise to earth once again. And those that call on the name of Jesus will experience it. And so my favorite thing to do is to read God's word all the way through and to look for God's character on the pages of his book so that I can apply it to my life. And every year, every year we do it as a church. And, and, and this year I want to be prepared. It's November the 27th and I want to start thinking about January 1st. And so... Um, if you're following along the YouVersion Bible app today, you can see I've put in the plan for next, for, for, that we read every year. But, but you're welcome to follow along with us in the YouVersion Bible app. It's called the Bible Recap. You can even go to thebiblerecap.com you can, you, and you can read about it. You can look into it. It's reading the Bible chronologically, and, and meaning that it's in the order of it which it was written. And so uh, what I love about the Bible Recap is there's always a podcast that goes along with the, the reading plan. And so you, if you don't understand what you read, then there's a, a podcast that will explain a lot of what you read. And it's, it's my favorite. It's, there's, there's churches that do like the one-year Bible and things like that. And it's nothing against the one-year Bible. But the Bible Recap is the one that we have partnered with, the one that we have said, this is the reading plan that we're going to go through every single year. And I absolutely love starting over. Not only is it a clean slate, but, but I love to read the book in a full, in a full circle way. So we invite you to, um, to do that with us this year. Let's look at verse 1 of Revelation chapter 21. I'm sorry, Revelation chapter 22. Then the angel showed me a river in the, in the, uh, with the water of life. Remember, Jesus is talking about the water of life, living water, in, in John chapter 7. The angel showed me a, a river with water of, of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. All rivers flow where? How do do rivers flow? From the top to the bottom, from the top down. They always flow from the top down. Where does this river start? This river starts with the throne of God, and it flows 
from the top down. That's why we are teaching that grace is a river so that we can understand that what we receive from God, we can share with other people because it flows through us. It flows in us and through us. And so they all flow from the top down. But I want to tell you this this morning. I feel like it's really important in this time and culture. I want you to know that science and God's word always agree with each other. Science and the Bible always agree with each other. Let me show it to you. In, in Isaiah chapter 40, the prophet Isaiah, this is thousands of years ago. He writes in Isaiah chapter 40 that God sits above the circle of the earth. Some uh, translations use the word the sphere of the earth. Now, does anybody believe that Isaiah was looking through a telescope when he wrote that? No? No, because telescopes didn't exist. But he knew that the, the earth was round before scientists had discovered that the earth was round. If they had just read the Bible, then they would have been able to know that the earth is round. Rivers always flow from the top down. It's scriptural and it's scientific. But... Here's what I want you to see about this river this morning. Number one is this river is brand new. This river is brand new. It is pure. It's, it, you, you know how I, how I know that it's brand new? Because the, the two words that are used to describe this river are crystal clear. Now, I talked a little bit last week about the Mississippi River and how muddy it is. In, in the Midwest, we called it the muddy Mississippi. It ain't clear. Because there is no such thing as a clear river. They're, they're fresh water because they're less than 1% of salt that are in each one of those rivers. They're fresh, but they're not pure. This is a pure, crystal clear river, which means it is brand spanking new. The second thing I want you to see about it is it flows from the throne of God. The river comes from the throne of God. Grace comes from God. And if grace is going to flow through us, it has to come from him. The reason people that don't know Jesus can't forgive people and always cancel them is because they don't know where grace comes from which tells us that if we do know God, we should be graceful. We should be forgiving. Revelation chapter 22, verse two. Look at the next verse. It flowed down the center of Main Street. I love, I love that, just that sentence. It was, it was Main Street. Like, you, know, you know what happens on Main Street? Everything. It all happens on Main Street. It flowed down the center of Main Street on each side. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation, by the way. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, with a fresh crop on, for each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. The, the third thing that I want you to see about this river is that the tree of life is present. The tree of life is present. Do you know where else in scripture that we read about the tree of life? In the garden, in paradise, in full circle. Genesis chapter two, verse nine says this, the Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, the trees that were beautiful and produced delicious fruit. Does that sound like something we just read? Like it's the exact same tree. It's, it's coming back. Keep reading. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The problem is God always wanted us to have the tree of life, but man wanted what it hadn't experienced. Man wanted good and evil because we didn't know what that was. Curiosity kills the cat, right? It also killed the man. Because we wanted what we didn't have. 
We chose the tree of knowledge of good and evil more so than the tree of life. But I'm here to tell you today, you can choose the tree of life now because of Jesus. But it's both the tree and the river. It's grace and life that works together to bring health. And so let's talk just for a second about the significance of trees in God's word. The original word here in the Greek language is the word xylon. The word xylon means to be made of wood. To be made of wood. Can you think of any other place in the New Testament that something was made of wood? Was it kind of like a cross? Made of wood that our Savior hung on to give us life? I'm not saying that John is saying in this scripture that crosses will line this river in, in heaven. But what I do believe is what, what John is trying to, to communicate here is that everything present in heaven will remind us of who God has made us to be and how we got there. He'll re, it'll remind us of who we're supposed to be and it will also point us to Jesus. The cross always brings life. Always. God didn't come to make bad things good. He came to make dead things alive. And what that teaches me is that I get to stop trying to do good. Which, by the way, I'm excited about our, our Christmas um, our Christmas series. I didn't tell you the name of it, did I? I told, I told the first service at the beginning of the message. I'm telling you towards the end of the message because this, this reminded me of it. And the title of our Christmas series this ne- that we're beginning next week, is a, it's this. It's a non-religious Christmas. And so we want to take the religion out of Christmas this year. And that's what we're going to focus on. I can't wait for it. So the cross always brings life. Number four, the fourth thing about this scene that John paints for us is the tree of life produces delicious fruit. The tree of life produces delicious fruit, also known as the fruit of the Spirit. Here's what I think John's teaching us. The fruit of the Spirit will be accomplished. And each and every single one of us that's present. In this moment, we will operate in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The fruits of the Spirit will all be loving, will all be love. Listen, I want you to, I, I, I want you to, this, sometimes I have to just slow down. I'd rather preach, but sometimes I just need to slow down. In between service, in between services today, I was having a conversation with someone. And they were telling me that, that they struggle with the fruits of the Spirit. And I, I said to them, I was like, you have to understand, you have the Spirit. And because you have the Spirit, as a follower of Jesus, you have the Spirit. And because you have the Spirit, it's not you have love, it's that you are love. It's not that you have joy, it's that you are joy. And it goes on, is we are peace. As believers in Jesus, we are peace to this world. We are patient, we are kind. We are good, and that's the hard one. Because we think that what we do makes us good. It's not. It's who we believe in. And when we put our faith in Jesus as our Savior, He makes us like Him. He 
makes us good. We're faithful because God is faithful. Even when you don't show up on Sundays, you're faithful because God is faithful. We're gentle. We are self-control. In this moment that John talks about, we will have the characteristics. We'll have all the characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit. Now, I love this last verse, this, this verse chapter two, or 22 two. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. The leaves. And so, real quick, And many Bible scholars, and it brings me to number five. I wanna give you number five and then I'll get on with it. Number five is everything will be healthy. Everything. That's, that's what healing is. Healing is to be healthy. In fact, the original language here is, is the word therapia. It's where we get the word therapeutic. because everything will be healthy. It's health giving. The leaves are therapeutic. The leaves will give health. But this is where like taking a deep dive into scripture just absolutely rocks your world. Because when you take a deep dive into what leaves symbolize in scripture, many scholars believe that anytime leaves are, are mentioned in God's word, what, it's, what, it, what the leaves symbolize is truth. It's the truth that will bring healing to the nations. The truth. Now, let me show you in scripture because don't just take my word for it. In Psalm chapter one, verse, thir- verse three, it says this. <laughs> Remember Revelation 22, when I read it, it says, they were like trees planted along the riverbank. Gee, I wonder. <laughs> you think maybe John had read the Psalms? You think maybe he had memorized them at some point? And so the trees were like, uh, the, they were like trees planted on the riverbank bearing f- fruit each season. Maybe, maybe John is saying that or maybe God is showing this to John to say that, that we will be like the trees planted on the riverbank, finally bringing healing to each other. Their leaves never withered. Their leaves never withered. And they prosper in all they do. Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 25, says, the word of God, which is truth, will always remain the same. It will last forever. God's word lasts forever. Truth lasts forever. Leaves will never wither. Is that, am I the only one that thinks that that's amazing? But what, what, I, what, I, what, what I, I'm perplexed with and this is the last thing I'm going to leave you with today. And to be honest with you, it's, it's something that has me a little puzzled about this scripture. Because I don't want to be a pastor that just makes things up to make you think that I'm smart. That's not the guy I am. I want, I want to be able to say things like, you know what, I don't know the answer to that but I'm, I'll dig into it a little bit and see what I find. That's the kind of guy I am. But you know what has me perplexed? Is this is perfection. John is writing about, about when earth becomes heaven. This is when heaven and earth collide. This is New Jerusalem. Why on earth do we need healing? Why on earth are the leaves 
there to be the medicine that healed the nations. If I'm honest with you, I don't know the answer. However, here's my theory. My theory is that in this moment, we will always know who God made us to be. And even the leaves on the trees will show us who God wants us to be, who he made us to be. Followers of Jesus, worshipers of Jesus, people that are submitted to him, worshiping him in his presence. I like to believe that's what it is. And maybe you're here today thinking, Pastor Adam, I don't know why God would ever want to be with me. I want you to know that the only way that we can is because of his son, Jesus. Stand to your feet. I want to pray with you. Your head bowed, every eye closed. I told you this message was one that took me in a path that I didn't realize I would go. I thought I was going to talk about, I thought I was going to be able to talk to you this morning about how you can find miraculous healing for your body right now. Because, because maybe some of you are, are here and, and you're battling cancer, or you know someone that's battling cancer, or you're battling some sort of, of illness. And I wanted to be able to say, this is how you can get it. This is how you can receive it. And you know what I found? that this is how you can receive it. Because God is always wanting to make us like him. And sometimes it's in our suffering that we discover who we're created to be. Just like him. The only way, the only way that we can receive it is by his grace. By believing that Jesus is the son of God that was perfect, that died on the cross for my wrongdoings so that I can ask him to be my savior. I can taste and drink the living water that he offers and it can come inside of me alive. And it can change who I am. be a better husband, a better pastor, a better father, a better worker, co-worker. It makes me just like him. So the question this morning is simple. Have you received the living water? The living water of Jesus. Now in a moment we're gonna we're gonna sing a song and when we do, my friend Dave and and Dolores are up front and they would they would love to pray with you for healing of, of, of any situation in your life. I'll be on the front row. I've got my anointing oil with me today. If you feel like you want to be, you need to be healed by something physically, we do believe that God still does that. And we anoint people with oil for healing, as James tells us. He tells us to go to the leaders of the church to pray for, uh, to anoint us with oil for healing. We believe that he still does that. But this message of healing isn't about healing right now. This is about healing in the future that we all get to experience if we've received the living water. Have you received the living water? I love moments like this. It's in moments like this that we get to experience 
the presence of God because we're still. In the, in, in the book of Kings, he says to Elijah, he says, I'm not in the thunder, I'm not in the earthquake, I'm not in the fire, I'm not in the wind. I'm in the still small voice. What is the voice of God saying to you right now? If he's telling you that you should take a drink of the living water and you never have, I want to ask, would you, would you just slip your hand up and hold it there so that we can see it? Maybe it's that you, you don't necessarily want to receive it, but you're just interested. If you're just interested in it, would you raise your hand just so I can know who you are? Pastor Adam, that's me. I need to take taste the living water today. Is there anyone like that? I saw that hand at the beginning, by the way. I see it in the back. Thank you. If you're just interested, come and find me after service. But I can't help but to think that saying this prayer every single day of my life reminds me of who God's made me to be. I want to invite you all to say this prayer with me right where you sit. You don't have to say it out loud today. Just say, God, I know I've done wrong. And I know because of my sin, I needed Jesus to die on that cross for my sin. Come into my life. Crucify me with Christ and make me alive in him today. Give me a new identity and help me to live the way you made me to live. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Is God good? We're going to sing a song. I'm going to be right here on the front row. If anyone needs prayer for any healing at all, you're welcome to come. I will pray with you. If you need to lay something down at the altar, come and kneel and give it to God. And don't leave here with any burdens you came in with. We love you.